Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Gordon Bernat Kunin. When Anna was a student of mine in her senior year, we started every class with dedications. We would ask the students, they're studying in the tradition of the Jewish people, and then to share events that were going on. And now, looking out, I have a good sense of why she had a life cycle dedication almost every other day. So, mazel tov. Towards the end of the first chapter of Bereshit, God performs what I consider to be God's greatest act. Greater than the ten plagues, greater than splitting the sea, the creation of the world. Here's what I consider the greatest act. The greatest act is when God says, Nase Adam Salmenu, Kidmutenu, let us make the human being in our image and in our likeness. And I think for God, that had to be harder than any act of power or control that I could imagine because it's actually, as I see it, an act of tzimtzum, an act of self-control. And when I think about that act of creating the human being, I also think about the idea that we say in our tefillot, when we say, that in God's goodness, God is constantly, every day, re creating the world. In this week's Parsha, I see the challenge of recreating that awesome act, which I'll share with you in a few minutes. If you look at the human being with free will, this presents an incredible challenge. It's an incredible risk because the human being with free will could have been a robot, could have been a plaything, could have been any kind of entertainment for God's pleasure, but instead, it's a wild card partner in creation, which, as we know, can turn out extraordinarily well or not so much. In the next chapter, in chapter two, God says, it's not good for a person to be alone. I'm going to make that person a helper over against him. A helper who will challenge him. And when I think about how many relationships fit into this idea of Ezra Kinegdo, of a parent and a child, a teacher and a student, a coach and a player, friends, a husband, and a wife. I like to read this line fancifully as God projecting and God saying, it's not good for me to be alone. I will make for myself a helper who could turn out over against me. I'm going to create for myself one who calls me on things. One who calls me to account. And before we go to this week's Parsha, I want to read an incredible passage that I learned from Rabbi Danny Landis. 
And it's a passage from Alistair McIntyre's extraordinary description of relationship and accountability in his book, After Virtue. He says the following, I am not only accountable, I am one who can always ask others for an account, who can put others to the question. I am part of their story as they are part of mine. Asking you what you did and why, saying what I did and why, pondering the differences between your account of what I did and my account of what I did, and vice versa, these are essential constituents of all but the very simplest and barest of narratives. To me, this sounds like a wonderful guide for marriage. Because I would say that act, that narrative of constantly asking one another for an account is what makes for the possibility of Ezer Kenegdo. So in this week's portion, we find God on the cusp of what the Musar masters would call a Bechira point, a point of choice. And Bechira points in human language are places where we have a conflict between the Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer Tov, and we're trying to decide what to do. So I imagine here's God's Bechira point in the Parsha. God is planning to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and says the following, shall I hide or cover from Avraham, what I am about to do. Perhaps God is thinking to God's self, wow, I never imagined there would be so much sin and outrage and corruption in these towns. Do I really want to consult Abraham? Like anybody who is a manager or who runs things in their lives, there's the temptation for God to say, you know, it would be so much easier for me just to get things done myself. But God doesn't do that. Okay, now at this point, Anna, I am issuing a trigger warning. You are about to relive the joy or trauma of your high school Beit Midrash experience because I want to compare this week's Parsha to what we learned about tochecha, the art of loving criticism. And I want to look at Abraham's role as a rebuker of God or God's Ezra Kenegdo. Abraham says, and I'll quote, Chalila lecha, which Chalila lecha, far be it from you to destroy these towns. And Rashi has this incredible little comment here. Rashi says, you could compare or take that word chalila, far be it from you, and say it's compared to the word chol, which is profane. It's like Abraham saying to God, you are profaning yourself if you do it. You who are Kodesh, you who are the source of holiness. And it goes on. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to bring death upon the innocent as well as the guilty, so that innocent and guilty fare alike. Far be it from you, again, shall not the judge of all earth deal justly. So I want to compare Avraham's tochecha here, his criticism, 
to the following elements that our rabbis teach us about rebuke. The first is Avraham rebukes God, just as the Gomorrah in Baba Metziah says, just as a teacher can rebuke a student, so too can a student rebuke the teacher. If you're a teacher, that's a very scary line. So you have to add and don't become a tochecha monster when they do that. Second, Abraham following or preceding Maimonides says, I will begin with a question. Maimonides teaches that whenever we rebuke, we ask a question first. We have the humility to know that we don't know everything about what we're looking at. And so we say, why did you act in such and such a way? Perhaps I don't see everything. Can you fill it in for me? Now, what's hard about this is it depends on how you ask this question. Because you can ask it as a true question or as a challenge or as a condemnation. So the tone means everything. I would assume when Avraham says, shall not the judge of all earth deal justly? He wasn't just kind of wondering about that. He had a certain case he wanted to make. Third, Avraham, he remains standing alone before God, before he begins the tochecha. And Rashi teaches us that even though you have the obligation to criticize somebody, you should never whiten their face in public. Okay, finally, and I'll conclude with this example. There's a great piece of Gomorrah where Bruria, an amazing scholar, and her partner, Rabbi Mayer, are getting into an argument where he's so tired of brigands, of these people who keep bothering and robbing him in the street. And he prays that they should die. And Bruria says, you shouldn't pray that they should die. You shouldn't pray to get rid of the sinner. You should pray to get rid of the sin. So when you rebuke, you should separate the deed from the person, which I think is what Avraham is doing when he says, will the judge of all the earth not do justice? This deed is not like who you are. Far from you to do such a thing. In true caring criticism, one is invested in the growth of the other. One walks with the other and carries a vision which contains not only the flaws, but also the other person's potential for growth, for self-overcoming. One carries an intimation of the most godly self of the other person. More simply put, in holding the other accountable, the rebuker says what Abraham says to God. You're better than that. An argument which is very difficult to argue with, especially if your children say it to you. And if I add up all these principles, I would say that Abraham rebukes in a way that can be heard which is a Gomorrah Niva Mot says, just as you are commanded to criticize in a way that can be heard, 
so too are you commanded to not criticize in a way that cannot be heard. Avraham holds God to either a higher standard or to God's most godly self in this parsha. Anna and Aaron, may you always recognize the good in one another and engage in caring criticism. May you understand that true tochacha, true rebuke carries within it hakarata tov, the awareness of what the other can grow into. May you exercise courage and humility as you support and challenge, refine and complete one another. May you be for God and for one another an Ezer Kinegdo. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.